Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to OSHA's big anniversary sale celebration, May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store-wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at OSH.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment, and if you love what you're hearing... And I know you love what you're hearing. Please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Throughout the year, workers and management at Chevron have been negotiating a new contract, hashing out things like pay, benefits, and working conditions. Now, this is all normal stuff. But as time went on, talks between Chevron and the union at its Richmond refinery started to break down. Then, over the weekend, the union rejected Chevron's final offer. And on Monday, they officially went on strike. It's the first labor strike at that plant in more than 40 years. We have nothing left but to withhold our labor. And that's the only thing we've got. They, they own the oil. They own the equipment. It's their land. But the people are ours. I'm Alan Monticilio, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Today, the strike at the Chevron refinery in Richmond. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. So I had been in touch with a union official over the last couple of months 
Ted Goldberg is KQED's supervising senior editor of news. Every few days, you know, I would send him a text message and say, you know, any updates, things progressively got worse. And then on Saturday night at around 10, 1030 at night, I got a text from him and it was we have decided to walk off the job on Monday. Ted, before we get into the actual, you know, details of the strike, how big a deal is this? I think it's a significant deal for a number of reasons. It's the first major labor action uh, by unionized refinery workers in years in the Bay Area in California. Here we are at a time where California and a significant portion of the nation says it's time for us to move away from fossil fuel. And Chevron is obviously the biggest name among them. They're a huge multinational corporation, probably more synonymous with the fossil fuel industry than, than, you know, only a few other companies on the planet. So the fact that there's a labor dispute in our backyard is not only significant, you know, as it relates to the change in energy policy and the worker rights at play here, but I think also, you know, it has to do with the air that we breathe and how much money we pay for gas. These workers are very much at the center of it. At a refinery that has been here for a long, long time and is just one of the biggest like fixtures of the fossil fuel industry in the Bay Area. Indeed. You know, in the Bay Area, Chevron has a significant history, not just as a company, but, you know, in politics as well. So let's talk a little more about the strike, Ted. These are, I believe, 500 workers, roughly, who are uh, represented by their union, who are striking who are they and what kinds of jobs do they have at the refinery? So the kinds of jobs that they have at the refinery are, are sort of a long list. Pipe fitters, operators, technicians. These are folks that do specialized physical labor inside the refinery. You know, this is not the kind of thing that you can just walk in one day and start doing. These are highly skilled positions that the refinery relies on significantly. So many of these are, are Bay Area blue collar workers, you know, who have a significant tie to, to the community and have, you know, long ties to, to Chevron as a company. So these are full-time workers. So there's 500 of them all together at Chevron, according to a spokeswoman for the company. Altogether, 3,000 people are employed by the company. So let's, let's talk a little bit about the actual strike. Why did all of these uh, blue-collar, unionized workers in Richmond, why did these workers decide to go on strike? They have been pushing for higher wages. They've been pushing for sort of holding a line on their healthcare packages. And they've been pushing on uh, issues about fatigue and worker safety. Our only thing that we want to do is get a fair and equitable contract for our members. We've given them rolling. One of the top union negotiators for USW Local 5 is BK White. He's actually become a little bit of a spokesperson in the last few weeks. He has emphasized that a lot of times these workers are being called in to work long shifts and they say, look, you know, we don't want to put the refinery at risk. And when you make a worker come in for 12 hours at a time and then come in for another 12 hours at a time, they're going to be fatigued. Not only is it bad for them, but then it runs the risk of a mistake in the refinery. So if we keep falling further behind uh, financially, we're afraid that our members who are already overworked will see their only way out is to come in and work more and make themselves more dangerous and uh, more dangerous to both the environment and the community. 
They say, look, we live in the Bay Area. It costs a lot more to live here than it does in other parts of the country. As most blue-collar workers in America in the Bay Area, you're tired of losing. You're tired of you, the sacrifice always being made on your back and watching these corporations brag about the Chevron bragged about $15.6 billion profits they had last year. Yet they cut. Chevron has said, look, we don't want to pay them too much more than the national agreement calls for because that would be unfair to other workers. Local 5 says, have you seen how much it costs to buy a home in the Bay Area? So at issue is pay, health care coverage, and, and worker safety issues, among others. I should note that both Chevron and the union have not sort of released their various contract proposals to the public. This is what we know from interviews. Okay, so that's the the union side of this. What has Chevron said and done in response to this strike? When they got word from the union Saturday night that the workers were going to go on strike on Monday, they sent out a notice that we've obtained that basically said, look, we're going to take over control of the operation of the refinery. That means that now managers and other workers who are not part of USW Local 5, we're going to be operating this refinery. They've also emphasized that they're going to keep the refinery going and that they should continue to supply the market with the same amount of gasoline that they were before. I think everybody's sort of keying in on those kinds of lines as, you know, as we face uh, a situation right now where gas prices have never been this high. What does the union think of the fact that that Chevron seems to have replaced them in order to keep the refinery going, at least as far right now when this, as the strike is going on? There's anger on the part of, of the union. You've certainly seen, you know, derogatory terms used about substitutes that are being used at the refinery. That's a lot of what you see on social media. But you also see concerns from USW and from members of the community and from a number of elected officials about the safety of the actual facility. If you have people who are running it that are not normally running it, I think there is a a significant concern by a number of people that says without people who do that job regularly, you run the risk of some sort of refinery accident. Now, the county has looked at this issue. And they say, we believe that Chevron had a plan in place and we're comfortable with it. The air district says we're going to have more inspectors looking at Chevron during the strike because we think, you know, we need to keep our eyes more on them when we have different people at the wheel. So I think there's, a, you know, there's anger on the, on the part of, of the union. On Monday, more eyebrows were raised over safety when a picketing worker caught a flaring incident on video. Now, flaring usually happens when there's a problem at the refinery and they release gas into the air in order to relieve pressure. We don't know whether this incident was just a regular problem or if it was because the refinery is being run by people who don't usually operate it. Either way, this story with Chevron and its workers has further revealed tensions within Richmond about the corporation's role in the community. This is exposing something that has been going on for a long time in in Richmond city politics. There are a number of members of the city council who have been very critical of Chevron. And this is just, you know, one more opportunity for them to say, you know, we need to do something a little bit more drastic about the huge oil refining processing facility in our community. There was a a proposal before the city council. This was about a month ago. They voted to basically say, we support the the workers in this regard. And they sort of went on record as being an advocate uh, for the workers. 
On Monday, after the strike actually started, you had at least one member of the city council show up and picket with uh, a number of workers. That was city councilwoman Claudia Jimenez, who has been a critic of the refinery and who has been calling for the refinery, you know, for more regulations on them, more information about refinery accidents. She was emphatic about being supportive of the union workers. I want to make sure that... uh, We guarantee the safety for our community. This is a major facility that we have here, and if we don't have the right people doing the operations, then what is going to happen? And then... I should note that there is a mayoral election that's going to be coming up right now. Mayor Tom Butt is termed out. I should note that he was unaware that there was a labor strike about to happen. Um, He has not been outspoken on this issue. There are a number of people on the sort of progressive side in the Richmond City Council who have been much more. One of the, the other sort of backdrop here, of course, is that this is happening at a time when gas prices are super high in California. Here in the Bay Area, the, the price is pushing $6 a gallon. How does this strike at this refinery play a role in what's going on? Currently, it hasn't yet. This is a facility that processes a quarter million barrels of oil a day. That refinery... Uh, processes about more than 10% of the state's crude oil. UC Berkeley energy expert Severin Bornstein, who runs the university's Energy Institute, has been really emphasizing how significant Chevron is to California's gasoline market. That means that if we lost the output from the entire refinery, that would be a huge blow to the California gasoline and diesel markets. He has, you know, focused, okay, if this this refinery ever shut down, that it would be significantly bad for for consumers in the state of California. Even if we lost just a few percent of the state's output, I think that that would cause prices to jump substantially. At this point, you know, the the Chevron labor issue has not caused an increase. But I think there are a number of people who say that, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for that to change. Right now, Chevron has emphatically said, we're going to keep running this refinery and we're going to keep supplying the market. We're not going to shut anything down. However, it's possible, because you have other people running the refinery, that it could change. If they do decide that they need to ratchet down production in order to maintain a safe working uh, facility, uh, that's where customers will start to see it at the pump. Ted, what's next? Where, where do we go from here? I checked today with both the union and Chevron. There are no talks scheduled. I think the next piece of news will be when those talks get scheduled, because now they're going to have a bargaining session that takes place after the strike started, as opposed to one that starts before. And I imagine the strike has got to have an effect on the next time they get together. And the reality is, We really don't know how long this could go on. The impression I've gotten from USW Local 5 is that they're not afraid and, you know, that they're willing to go in it for the long haul. One of the union officials that I was in touch with the other day said oil oil strikes are never short. And so I think we should be prepared for, you know, this possibly taking a long time. Ted, this is not the first time we've talked about, you know, the politics of oil in the Bay Area or even this specific refinery. I feel like in addition to being KQED's uh, supervising senior editor of news, you were also uh, become, I guess, the petroleum correspondent. Um, 
So why do you think this is happening now and, and at this place? Chevron's name is so synonymous with the work that they do at a time when, you know, we are trying ever so slowly to change our economy from one that relies on fossil fuel to one that, you know, moves away from oil to to a green economy. What's also at play here is the livelihood of the people who are employed at companies like Chevron and Marathon and Phillips 66. They know that change is coming, but they're not just in it for the pay increases or holding the line on health care. They're also in it, I think, for the long haul of their jobs. You know, companies like Chevron and Valero and Philip 66, they're facing a significant number of pressures and their workers are going to be the center of any of the changes that take place. So it doesn't surprise me that there is a bit of self-preservation that's going on right now because the future is obviously going to change and they, you know, I assume are not just trying to protect, you know, the wage that they have right now, but the livelihood that they have in the future. Ted, thank you so much. Anytime. On Tuesday afternoon, there was another flaring incident at the Chevron refinery. It's the second time this has happened since management took over operation of the plant on Monday. Ted Goldberg is supervising senior editor of news for KQED. Thanks as well to Maria Fernanda Bernal and Rachel Myro for the reporting on this story. This episode was cut and produced by Maria Eskinka and Erica Cruz Guevara, who added the audio and the music. I'm Alan Montecilio. Erica will be back hosting on Friday. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.